0: thanks for checking out the lakeshore podcast if this is your first time listening with us we want you to know god loves you we want for your hope in jesus to be renewed and for your faith to come to life wherever you are joining us from we hope this message encourages you you know uh, uh, new year's day uh, we wanted to jump in and and i wanted to really and and help us kind of walk through some practical Christian living, a practical Christian living principle. And hopefully, this will challenge each and every single one of us, that we won't like kind of just kind of like, you know, let it pass by, but that actually we would be motivated to, to spend time seeking the Lord. And as you know, this is that time of year when um, we make New Year's resolutions, right? We kind of I mean, so you kind of feel like, oh, pastor's capitalizing on, you know, the first day or whatever, but it is. And uh, resolutions are defined, this is by the Oxford Dictionary, makes me sound like I'm really smart, but it says a firm decision to do or not to do something. I like that because it says a firm decision, right? Not a wishy-washy one. Not one where you're kind of all over the map, and kind of, well, I think, ah. No, a resolution is supposed to be a firm decision either to do something or to not do something. And then vocabulary.com says it this way, a decision to do something or to believe, or I'm sorry, or to behave in a certain manner. All right? So if we're gonna look at that and say, okay, hey, you know what? We'll make this a, a New Year's resolution Something I wanted us to understand, and I I looked it up, but a recent study declared that 38.5% of U.S. adults make New Year's resolutions every single year, okay? However, 23% quit in the first week. Only 36% make it past the first month, and this is the staggering one, and only 9% successfully keep their New Year's resolutions throughout the whole year. That's wow, not great numbers, right? And and thinking about it, I, I, I sadly I think Christians we've kind of fall into those statistics as well. And one such, you know, if we're kind of truthful, is our resolution to spend time with God. Like every year we think, all right, this is the year, man. I'm going to dial it in. I'm going to be spending time with Him more. I'm going to increase and stuff. And I don't know, but how many have ever kind of like started off on a resolution and then it just didn't, didn't work out, right? Because we kind of we give up on it. We don't really, you know, keep going in it. But here we make sometimes this, this declaration, this is the year I'm going to spend time with God. This is the year I'm going to pursue Him. I'm going to worship Him more. I'm going to pray more. I'm going to spend time in His Word more. I'm just going to be there. And it's one of those things where, you know, we have heard this preached over and over, I bet. You can say, oh, I've heard it, man. You know what? And when we hear it, we know deep down inside, because the Holy Spirit is speaking to us, this is really important. This is one of those things that, 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 that quiet time or secret place time would be one of those things that would really change my life. It would really transform me and renew me. And so we know we need to do it. Yet, sometimes we lack a sustainable motivation to keep it going. Have you ever been there? We lack a sustainable motivation. And I think one of the reasons why, I've got a couple reasons here that I, I came up with, but I think one of the reasons why is we haven't caught the idea that the kingdom of God is upside down. It's an upside down kingdom compared to the world, right? Because the world looks at the kingdom of God and says, why would you do that? But see, God's kingdom is upside down. And so what I mean by that is we increase in hunger concerning all things kingdom by eating and partaking in the kingdom life constantly. So the more you partake of the kingdom, the more the craving the more the desire, the more the hunger begins to happen. But what happens is a lot of times we kind of approach it from a natural bent and think, okay, I'm going to pray this way. God, will you help me to grow in my ability to want to seek you? And then we just let it there. Kind of like, you know, have you ever been hungry before? Right? And all of a sudden you get hungry and your body says, you need food. Get some food. Go get some food. And so what we do is we go and we get some food. And then we eat the food, and then what? We're full. We feel full. We feel satisfied. Well, that's how kind of we think it operates sometimes when it comes to the kingdom of God. But God says, no, 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 no. How I want you to view this is we're in a, we live in an upside-down kingdom, and the more you begin to eat of God's word, the more you begin to eat of God's presence, the hungrier you'll get. Because our natural flesh doesn't get hungry right away for God, right? It doesn't automatically, oh, I'm so ready for God. No, it it, it goes, it defaults back to, well, man, I wish I could, oh, I wish. But the more you spend time with God, the more you get engaged in God's word, then you know what what happens is, is then you all of a sudden begin to hunger. You begin to thirst for it. And what's great about it is the Bible promises, we'll get to that verse in a minute, but, man, it promises you will be filled. You you will be filled. So the second thing I think sometimes in this um, lack of being able to sustain motivation is um, we don't feel like we see results fast enough, right? Right? We, we live very much in a microwave mentality, a, a microwave society. And sometimes I think we just don't feel like we, we see results fast enough. Because what happens is when we don't see results fast enough, the enemy comes and says, look, this is a waste of time. You could be doing this, and you could be doing this, and you could be doing this, right? How, how many have ever tried to have a quiet time with the Lord and all of a sudden your, your to-do list starts rolling around in your head, right? And all of a sudden you're like, ah, right? And then you think, I got to do this, I got to do that. I've had that happen so many times. But see, that's where we've got to put a stop to that and say, no, this is vital. This is so important to me. But see, I think sometimes we look at it and go, okay, well, man, this is a waste of time. Um, you know, is God even here? Is he even listening to me? You know, but he is. Can I just tell you that right now? Can I just encourage you with that right now? God is listening. God is right there in the midst. Even if you're not feeling, you know, the warm fuzzies and your hair's not coming up and the goosebumps aren't happening and all that, God promises. And we'll look at some scripture. God promises that his presence will be there. But see, we get, we get impatient because we don't understand, sometimes this is a waiting process. See, I think a lot of times we 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 think that you know it, God has this fast food mentality. When actually God has a crock pot mentality. He's all, you know what? We're just going to let it cook for hours, kind of hours, right? And it takes some time. It develops, right? But see, what we, what we think? Oh, he, I don't hear anything. I'm not getting anything. Oh, well, it must be I I. I he doesn't care about me, but he does. That's the greatest thing. God loves you. He wants to spend time with you. He wants to hang with you, however you want to say it. He wants to be right there with you. He's your biggest cheerleader. He, he, he really is. But we've got to learn how to wait. Let me give you a couple of scriptures. Lamentations chapter 3, verse 25. Right? It'll be up on the board. I know that one's a hard one to find in our Bible sometimes. Like, Lamentations, oh my gosh, where do you find that? Right? Lamentations chapter 3, verse 25, it says, The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. The Lord is good to those who wait for him. That doesn't mean to those who get instant, does it? It's not like an instant cup of noodles. All you got to do is pour hot water in, boom, good to go. No, he's like, hey, you know what? We're going to crockpot this, baby. And you know what? In that process of the crockpotting, I just want you to be able to be still. I want you to be able to, 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 to kind of just know that I'm in the midst of this. I'm going to show up. I'm going to be there. I'm going to help you all along the way. And it's going to take an attitude of faith to be able to, to do that. Another scripture, Psalms 40, verse 1 says, I waited patiently for the Lord. Catch that. He said, I waited patiently. All right, how, how, how good are you at waiting patiently? That's, I guess, part of the question I'm asking or trying to get across. We got to be good at waiting patiently for the Lord. It says, and he inclined to me and heard my cry. He also brought me up out of a horrible pit out of that miry clay and set my feet upon a rock and established my steps. That all happened because what? He waited on the Lord. David knew. You know what? Crockpot. Yeah, baby, let's let this simmer. Let me wait, but I'm going to keep going after God. I'm going to keep pursuing. I'm going to keep doing what he wants me to do. In the Passion Translation, I just love this first part of it. It says, I waited and waited and waited some more, Patiently. Knowing God would come through for me. I'm just gonna stop it right there. Right? How many gotta work on their patience meter? On their patience level. Yeah, I'm right there with you. It's like, man, how long? Crockpot, crock pot, crock pot. So in this coming year, we can't be. I, I would love for us and be encouraged you, don't be one who jumps the ship. Don't jump ship early right because we feel like you know nothing's happening or or man we're just kind of tired of putting in the work cuz we're not seeing what we feel like it needs to be instant and for him to show himself and for us to all of a sudden develop this big relationship with him no what he what he wants is consistency he wants discipline he wants us to be able to be people that says hey you know what i might not be Feeling all the spiritual, you know, goosebumps, but I know God's here. I know God sees me. He knows my toil. He knows what I'm experiencing. But we got to wait on the Lord every day, right? And do what is necessary to truly seek Him. Because there is a spiritual principle in the Bible that says what you seek, you find. What you seek, seek you find. And, and let me give you some scriptures. The Bible has a lot to say about this. Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 29 says, For from there you will seek the Lord your God, and you will find him. Who's promising that? God. Not Pastor Scott. Right? Not anybody else. God's promising this. He says, but from there you will seek the Lord your God and you will find him if you seek him with all your heart, with all your soul. Second Chronicles. As for you, my son Solomon, now this is David because David's learned, now the God of your father, uh, know the God of your father and serve him with a loyal heart and with a willing mind for the Lord searches all hearts and understands all the intent of the thoughts. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will cast you off forever. But he's trying to develop this principle in the life of his son, Solomon David is, because he's learned over time, every time that I have waited patiently for the Lord, Solomon, God showed up. God showed off. God was there. Isaiah says this, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Jeremiah 29, 13 says, and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your hearts. Luke chapter 11 says, so I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find Knock, and it will be open for you. For everyone who asks, receive, and he who seeks, finds; and to him who knocks, it will be open. I mean, that's those are some promises right there that man, you know, should make us like, oh man, I'm all in. Because God said every single time you seek Him with all your heart, you're going to find something. You're going to find Him. You're going to find His promise. You're going to find what He's promised you. You're going to find Him. Two more, but without faith it is impossible to please him for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Matthew 6, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Now realize this, these are just a few. You might say, wow, that's a lot of scripture, Pastor Scott. Yeah, it was. But you know what? There's so much more in this Bible that you can unearth and unmind, right? And pull out and say, oh my gosh, this is what God is promising, you, according to His word. Right? But what I love about this, this whole concept of seeking God, right? It, it's an enormous kind of biblical concept, I guess you could say, right? That that touches our, our motivation, our priorities. Right or our time, our goals, or our spiritual growth. But, but two, I think what it touches on is it touches on the possibility of the lack of it because we're not doing it. We're not truly seeking God. Now, this word seek in Hebrew, in the strong concordance, means to search out, listen, by any method. I keep thinking about that story about how the lady lost her coin in her house that Jesus used as a parable. She turned everything over looking for that thing, right? I mean, she was after it. And so when I read that, to search out by any method, there might be some things where, you know what, you need to be like that lady, and you need to start pulling them aside and saying, yeah, 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 no, 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 I got no time for that right now. Because my my heart, my goal is to, to seek him. And I, and I think also what's what's awesome about it is this word seek in, in, in this passage is it just supports God's desire to be found. Do you, do you understand that God desires to be found by you? He really does. I I think it brings him. Well, I, what I'm going to say is going to be small, but I think it brings him exorbitant. I mean exuberant humongous joy when his child is seeking him. But it just shows us, man, this is his heart. He wants us to come. He wants us to seek him. He wants us to be tenacious in our pursuit of seeking him, so much so that we begin to crave it, that we begin to, to, to crave my time with the Lord. I need my time with the Lord. Yeah, you got that going on? You want me to come? You know what, right now, man, this is, this, I, I'll, I'll come later, maybe an hour later, maybe an hour and a half later, because I've already set up an appointment, right? We don't miss doctor's appointments too much, right? If we set one up, we're pretty much, we're good to get there. Unless you're like me sometimes, and I forget, and then I, praise God for the phone, right? Or it pops up the calendar reminder and says, hey, you got a doctor's, phone? oh yeah, that's Right? But see, we, we should set appointment time with the Lord. Hey, this is my appointment time, and this is when I need to, to meet with him. So much so, as we're doing remember, upside-down kingdom, the more we do it, the more we pursue him, the more we're going to crave it. But see, it takes discipline on our part to do it. So let me give you three thoughts, okay? Now, these aren't truths. These aren't like, oh, man, hey. But these are three thoughts, I have concerning kind of all of this when it, when it comes to, to just seeking God and kind of helping us to sustain a motivation. And hopefully it'll be something to that that kind of speaks to your heart. But the, the first thought is this. Everybody is seeking something. Everybody is seeking something. We are all by nature seeking people. We are. Some of us may seek money, Right? The more of it, the better. Some of us seek pleasure, right? I want to do what I want to do when I want to do it. Some of us seek self-validation, right? Or happiness, or love, or attention, right? Whatever it is, we move or are drawn um, to seek out that thing. And and it, it drives us so much to the point that sometimes we'll go as far as to sacrifice something. We might sacrifice a relationship. We might even sacrifice our character. Sometimes in those ungodly realms of things that we are searching after. But here's the deal. When we're searching for things in the natural, it never satisfies. It really doesn't it might satisfy for a moment. It might satisfy for, you know, maybe a week. But then something wells up again inside of us that says, no, 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 I gotta go after it. I gotta gotta be seeking something. I've gotta be able to to look and go after something to to fill this this satisfaction inside of us." And the reason why that happens and the reason why we never get satisfied is because we we weren't created for those things. We weren't created for money or status or other people to satisfy us because nothing on the earth will really satisfy you at all. Now, this Hebrew word satisfied is, is, is sabur, which means to fill, to satisfaction, to have enough, to be full, or to have plenty of. See, God created us in this way. So that the only way we would find satisfaction or fulfilling satisfaction that lasts is through Him. That's how He created us. So when we go searching for it in other avenues and other things, we'll never be satisfied. We'll never. We'll come up short every time. But if we decide, hey, you know, no, no, I'm going after God. I'm spending time with God this year. I'm I'm going after those things. Then you know what? We will be satisfied because Jesus is everything. God is everything. Again, Matthew 6.33 comes to mind when I think about this true satisfaction. It says, but seek first the kingdom, his kingdom, and his righteousness, and all these things will be given, added to you. So, If we don't seek God, then all these other things that we seek really become an idol to us. They become idols to us. We don't see them as idols because we don't necessarily, you know, resurrect a a statue of them, and we don't bow before them. But our hearts have bowed before it. Our hearts have been given to it. And if we if we look at it, that's idol worship. Now, I, man, I'm talking to myself, too. So, you know, if, if you're feeling like, whoa, 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 this is heavy, hey, I'm talking to myself, too. This is just one of those processes that the Lord has taken us to, right? But if we seek God first, he says, all other things will be given to us as well. 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 through 17 says this, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. But it says for all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and the pride in possessions is not from the father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires. But whoever does the will of God abides forever. And so a good way to discover what you are truly seeking in life is to look how you spend your time and your money right i think it's a foolproof way to tell what you are seeking a person's time and attention actions and energy will be focused on whatever they value above all else and i and, and jesus even said it he said in this matthew chapter 6 verse 21 he said for where your treasure is what, what what's your treasure right your time your finances even your talent. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. In Luke twelve thirty-four, kind of the same thing, but this is in the message version. It says, The place where your treasure is is the place you will be most the place you will most want to be and end up being. So Jesus is saying that, right? Your time and your money don't lie. They will always show the truth about the priorities that you are seeking, right? And if they're constantly trending away from God, then you've got a problem, just straight up. If the, your time and say even your finances, right? When it comes, ah, I don't know about the tightening thing, ah, I don't know about giving to the church. It, those are principles of the word of God. And so if, if, if those are trending away from God, you just simply have a problem and might be one of the reasons why you might feel spiritually stuck, right? Spiritually stuck in the mud. How many, how many of you guys have ever, um, do you guys remember the show Gilligan's Island? How many, how many remember that show? I know some of you are younger and you're like, man, I don't even know what you're talking about, right? But Gilligan's Island was, you know, you had um, Gilligan, the skipper, um, you had uh, the millionaire and his wife, the movie star, Marianne, professor, and all that. They got, they got in this ship, they go on a cruise, um, three-hour tour, boat runs amok, gets a hole in it, they get on an island, and they're deserted, okay? But do you remember who the smartest one was on the show? I'll give you a hint, it was not, it was not um, Marianne or Ginger, whatever the movie star was, okay? Yeah, Ginger, it wasn't her. Who was it? The professor right? The professor, he was the smartest one of on the crew. He, listen, I, I looked this up. He knew how to turn banana peels into diesel fuel. Come on now, that's pretty smart, right? He turned coconut shells, seawater, metal strips, and pennies into a battery charger. This, this dude's all over the place. Many other things he invented, uh, um, he, that which, sorry, required pedal power to go, so he, he invented a bamboo sewing machine, a washing machine, all things you need on a de- deserted island, right? A water pump and a telegraph. Okay, he did all that, yet he never fixed that hole in that boat, <laughs> right? He never fixed the hole. All they had to do, smartest guy on the island, no, I'm going to do all these other inventions. I'm going to do all these other things when really what he needed to do was fix the hole in the boat. But how much does that translate to us sometimes when it comes to the hole that we have maybe spiritually in our life? Because we feel like, no, we got, we, we got all these things we got to learn. We got all these things we got to do. We got all these things that we got to put in place and everything like that. Yet here we've got this hole in our, in our spiritual boat and we can't sail in the direction that God wants us to go. Because he's got directions for us. He's got things he wants us to get to. But see, what happens is sometimes we, we, we act like the professor, and we're going to take care of this and take care of that and take care of that. When God says, no, all I want to do is I want you to come and just dwell in my presence. I just want you to come and spend time with me. I just want you to come and read and, and grow and strengthen your relationship with me. And you know what happens when you start to do that? It starts to fix the spiritual blow. All of a sudden, that hole starts to be plugged up. And next thing you know, man, You're sailing. And you're like, yeah, me and Jesus, we're going places. Instead of feeling like, man, I'm just stuck. I'm stuck again on that island of just maybe going nowhere. So don't let that be you, right? Don't go after all these other things. Make sure that you're seeking him, spending time with him. You're, you're repairing maybe the hole. Maybe some of us have big holes and maybe some of us just have little tiny pinholes, right? And you don't have that Flex Seal stuff that you can just spray on there and float your boat and go off. Like, how does that even work, right? But see, when you get in God's word and you spend time with him, man, he is right there to be able to begin to just help you cover the spiritual holes so that you're walking in wholeness, you're walking in freedom from all of that stuff that maybe has got in from the hole. Matthew 5, 6 says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Let's move on to the second, second point, second thought. Second thought is remove the excuses. We simply just have to remove the excuses. We need to remove any excuse that will keep us from seeking, right, to search out God by any method necessary. We're really good at excuses, right? I mean, we need to throw away that list of these preconceived notions or our usual excuses as to why we, we can't do it. Um, I think sometimes you can get caught in kind of this, like, you know, kind of self pity thing where, where we, we just kind of whine and complain and moan about how hard life is and how hard I have it. And man, you just don't understand. I don't got time to spend with God. Or, you know, sometimes too, it's that, well, you know, what, it would be so much easier if God just did this for me. And then that would free me up to spend time with him. If he would just do this, God, man, then it would be easier. No, it won't. I'm sorry, it just won't. Sometimes you gotta be pursuing him in the midst of your trial, in the midst of the circumstances that you're facing. You've got to go after him. You know, and then sometimes too there's that, that, Trying excuse, right? I, I'm trying. I served under a pastor in California and one of his favorite saying was, excuses are lies. Excuses are lies. So the idea was that whenever someone would say, I'm trying, that was just an excuse for not really doing what you said you were going to do. I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying. Because we can use that excuse for any um, sort of non-performance, I say I'm trying. I'm trying. You know, it's that I'm I, I, I'm trying to read the Bible more consistently. I'm trying to get up early to seek God. In in, in in this preparation, I thought about in Star Wars on in the Emperor in Empire Strikes Back. How many of you like are Star Wars fan? Anybody in here? All right. Well, Yoda tells Luke Skywalker to use his powers to do something that was totally impossible, right? And so Luke says, I'll try. But I love how Yoda responds. And which is maybe it should be etched in our our memory as well. But Yoda says no. Right? He says, no. Put it up on the board. Do or do not. There is no try. Right? Man, what wisdom from a little puppet. Oh, I mean, you know, he was, yeah, he was alive. Anyways, okay. But do or do not, there is no try, right? You're either seeking God on a daily basis or you're not. You're either losing weight or you're not. I mean, that is so like, whoa. And really, when we say we're trying, we're just trying to take the pressure off of ourselves. But what happens when we say that, it kind of puts us in this position where we begin to deceive ourselves into thinking that, yeah, we're actually making steps to change, but we're really not. So how do you you navigate that? Well, the real way to do this is just to say, hey, I'm kind of powerless to change God. I need you in my life. But how I do that is by seeking you first. When I seek God first, again, remember, the appetite is created. The more I seek him, the more that my appetite comes for him. And so it's putting yourself in that position. Okay, I don't want to be stuck in this. I'm trying, I'm trying. No, no, no. I'm going to make a, a, a diligent move towards being consistent with you. And don't use, oh, I'll never change. That's just how I am. You know, I'm, I'm, that's just whatever, right? Because if that's, that's what you would say, I mean, you're doomed, right? The bottom line is you're just doomed. You're never going to change. See? cuz you know the confession of what we say with our mouth is important. And if we keep saying I'm doomed, I'll never change, then you're never going to change cuz you believe it. And then let me give you one others. Don't say, well, you know, I'm just lazy and I'm undisciplined. Right? Laziness and lack of discipline are not what God is not what God wants from you. Hebrews 6:11 and 12 says We want each of you to show the same diligence, all right, or discipline. We want each of you to show this same diligence to the very end. Not for, you know, a week. Not for, you know, even a year. But to the very end, until you get face-to-face with Jesus, however that happens. He's saying, man, I want you to have diligence so that what you hope for may be fully realized. How many have a lot of hopes, right, that are centered in the fact of what Jesus said is true? But see, we got to stay in the game. Verse 12 says, We do not want you to become lazy, but to imitate those through faith and patience. I'm going to say that's discipline right there, patience, waiting, Right? And faith inherit what has been promised. So, when it comes to seeking the Lord, we can't be lazy and undisciplined. Let me give you a quote from Bobby Knight, a basketball coach. He said, This discipline is doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it to the best of your ability. Think about that. I don't want to do this, but I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. Okay, very last one is stay the course. Stay the course. To stay the course, one must stay on it by living inside the walls of faith. And what I mean by that is the fact that, you know what, you're going to encounter some things where the enemy's going to come. And sometimes, you know what, you've got to be able to, 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 to well or put yourself in a position that, you know what, I, I'm just living in this city of faith. And in, in, I know who God is. I know what God's promising me. I know that he's, he's my protector. I know that he is my healer. I know that he guards and, and, and all of this stuff. I'm, I'm going to live right there. But it's going to take faith every step that you take in seeking God with your whole heart because there will be times when the enemy comes and will try to discourage you. I'm going gonna, gonna to be honest with you. It's going to come. Okay, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. No, it's all just great. No, the enemy will come because he does not like that. He does not want you to seek God. He does not want you to have a quiet time with God. He'll orchestrate all kinds of thoughts. Like I talked about, a list starts happening in your head, right? He'll start telling you, oh, God's not around. He's got no time to listen to someone like you because you know what? You blew it yesterday or you blew it this morning. He got no time for you, but he does, right? Or, or again, man, it's just a total waste of time. He wants your eyes and attention off of Jesus so that you'll throw in the towel. You'll be a statistic. Like we talked about at the, at the beginning. I'm making a dedicated effort to seek God this year. And then something pops up and he, man, all of a sudden, forget it. You became a statistic where he wants you to actually get to the point where, man, you're part of that 9%. Actually, you make it grow to 10% because you stayed with it the whole year, right? Not just, ah, uh, sometimes. But see, we got to stay in faith, believing that what we are doing is producing intimacy. That's key to understanding. When I seek the Lord, I am going after intimacy with the Lord. I'm going, and he's going to bring it. He's going to give it. Well, oh, you know what? Like I said, it's Crock-Pot. It's not microwave. But the more you develop and the more you keep going, all of a sudden, man, things start to open up in your relationship with Jesus, and you're just like, whoa, this is amazing. He is so, so good. Let me give you Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, tells us this. But without faith, it is, it is, blah, it is impossible to please him. Right? So you gotta have faith in this process of seeking him. It is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is. And then it says this you gotta believe this, you gotta have faith in this. And that he is a rewarder of those who what? Diligently seek him. It's a principle that we have to live by. If we if we would just take the steps and begin to diligently seek him, it'll help us stay the course, right? When we stay the course, when we don't give up, those who continually seek him and committed to him, God promises, you will, I will show up, you will find me, right? I'm not being a used car salesman right now. Saying, oh, this is the best car I got on the lot when it's a lemon, I'm telling you the truth. If you would seek him, stay consistent, be motivated, and be consistent about doing that, he will show up. Maybe not right at the, at the beginning where all of a sudden you got the warm fuzzies, but I'm telling you, the more you do it, the more you start hungry, and the more you engage in this, the more all of a sudden you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. man, God, God's showing up in my quiet time. God's right here. God's speaking to me. God's revealing truth. To, oh my gosh, I've never seen scripture like this before. I've never had this time where I'm walking in Walmart office and all of a sudden God's like, hey, talk to that person. I've never had that before. Why is that happening? Because you are seeking him. You're in pursuit of him. So, so important that we, we realize that. Right? So we've got to be fierce. An unwavering in our commitment to stay the course this year. Right? This is the year that we are to seek God. We're supposed to go after his presence. And and, and now you know, what you seek, you find. Especially in God's kingdom. What you seek in God's kingdom, God will, will show it to you. You'll find it promised. I, I love promises. I love promises. And I'll end it with this quote right here. Just, just, I, I just read, recently read this. It said, anything that ends in a fizzle had a flaw in it from the beginning. Anything that ends in a fizzle had a flaw in it from the beginning." And so I I approach that as the flaw is one is when one is not really committed to do their part. It's not God, God's not the one that's got the flaw. It's us. Right? We live in this fleshly nature of ours. It's part of who we are. But you know what? We can overcome the fleshly nature because we've got the Holy Spirit living and dwelling inside of us. And He's constantly wanting us to get closer and closer to him. So start this year. Make sure that there are no flaws, right? There's no fatal flaws in there. You know, start, start fresh this year, right? It's a new day. It's New Year's Day. We should start fresh, start seeking God, right? And I mean, in a great way for us as, as a community, as, as our, our family right here, is we decided, hey, let's, let's do this to where we can encourage people, to see God 30 minutes a day for 30 days. That's not that's not a lot of time. It's not like we're hey, you need to spend 5 hours every day. No, 30 minutes. You can do that. And, and let me just say this too. It doesn't have to be in the morning. It can be in the afternoon. It could be at night. Whenever. But just take 30 minutes. Right? And, and begin to kind of walk through this process with God. And as you do, you know what? You won't be knocked off course if you kind of start thinking about some of those things. And then, you know what? What's great is maybe maybe before you start, maybe you could ask God, God, where are the spiritual holes in my spiritual boat? Where are the holes? Because I don't want to be a professor. I, wanna, I don't want to major in all these things. What I want to major in is you. And as I major in you, you know what? I know that you're gonna give me through your word, through the time I spend with you, through my time in prayer, you're gonna give me the tools, you're gonna to give me the things that all of a sudden will start closing up this hole in this spiritual boat. And in 2023, you can start just moving down the river. You can get to the destinations that God has for you because each one of us has been called to certain destinations in our life to serve him and to move and to follow after him. But see, if we've got a big old hole in our boat, because we're taking care of all these other things, we're not going to get there. And I as your pastor, I want you to get there. I want you to find out that, that, oh my gosh, things are closing up. I am all of Scott, I am on this journey right now. And man, God's got me on. my, my, my spiritual boat is all fixed. It's good. We're going. Because when we do that as a community, watch out. Watch out. Because God's going to want to do some amazing things. But it takes all of us just being honest and saying, okay, you know what? I'm in. I'm in, Pastor Scott. I'm in for this 30 for 30 thing. But, But again, it's up to you. I can't make, I can't call you every morning. Hey, did you do your 30 for 30? You know, I can't do that. But it's up to you. But man, I hope you engage with us in this. I hope you do. One, one of the ways, too, what we're going to do is we're also going to work on, so we have a connect group that meets on Wednesday night starting this Wednesday coming up. We, we, we're going to do our 30 for 30. We're going to journal together, whoever comes, at 7 o'clock or 6.45, we're going to journal together and, and open it up, doesn't have to say anything, but open and say, hey, what did you catch from the Lord? Because sometimes, you know what, by us saying what we caught from the Lord actually can, one, minister to others, but also, you know what it does? It ministers to you, right? Because the Bible says, out of, out of, out of your mouth, confession is made, right? And we, when we open up and go, man, God's saying this to me. Man, it does something to your heart. It does something to your spirit. Where all of a sudden, you're like, yeah, man, God said that? Oh, wow. But it's, it's so available. So if you would, bow your heads for me. By your head's word, Corey, come on up, and I'm going to have you uh, just pray over our people. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May He make His face to shine upon you. May He be gracious to you. May He lift up His countenance upon you and give you rest and give you peace—the God kind of peace, shalom, peace—the peace that just don't make no sense. In the name of Jesus. Amen. So don't forget to grab your 30 for 30 cards on the way out. Just gives a quick explanation of what it is and some healthy tips to help you along the way. Uh, We do have prayer available. If you came in, you have any prayer needs. We absolutely love to connect with you in faith and pray with you. But have a blessed and happy new year. Don't forget to ask the Lord, what's your word for me in 2023? God bless you.